Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have back with us Kelly Sparta, the spirit doctor. Kelly is the host of the Spirit Sherpa, your guide to energy magic in the spiritual world. She shares her years of experience as a shaman healer, psychic channel, medium, empath, spiritual coach, and so much more. She helps heal the blocks that are keeping you from receiving unconditional love and achieving your full potential. She's got a new program for the empath entrepreneurs, the light workers, the coaches, the healers, and the light. And she's here to share with us how she's working with them to help with their businesses. Thanks so much, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Well, I am so glad that we've connected with you again. And it sounds like you've really taken a different new, fun, much needed twist on how you can implement and help people in the business world. Yeah. So I've just expanded and, you know, I've been doing energy scans for, wow, like a decade. I've often worked as a business coach as well. And I one day just went, wait a minute, why am I not doing these for business owners? Because, you know, this all applies especially for solopreneurs and for, you know, very, you know, micro business owners, right. Which is a lot of people, right. It even goes up to once you have a team and things like that too, you know, the business side of your life is directly impacted by your personal energy and by your personal belief structures, right? So if you don't do well at receiving love, then there's a good chance that you've probably conflated love and money at some point, right? And receiving in general is probably problematic for you. And then therefore you're going to have a hard time making money. You're going to have a hard time charging people for your services. And that's going to be true too. If you have problems with not good enough or with feeling like a fraud or things like that, you'll have a hard time charging people for your services. You'll end up not allowing people to connect with you. And therefore, not getting as good a referral, not getting as good relationships, shortening your customer experience uh, life cycle, because you're not going to want to go deep with people if you have intimacy issues, right? And so, you know, there's all sorts of things that reflect into your business if you don't deal with your own personal stuff. Well, that and, makes sense. I mean, yeah. that makes right. so much sense. If you don't have confidence, you know, in yourself, how will you have confidence in your business. So much sense. Why don't we think of this, Kelly? (laughs) Well, let's talk about some other ones because that's, that's some very tangible information for our listeners. So like one that popped in my mind was, let's just say you have codependency issues in your life. Then you might find that you're acting extremely attached and codependent on your client in a weird way. If you're codependent with your clients, then as a coach in particular, you, you over-invest in your client outcomes Your outcomes create your value. And then if you don't have an internalized sense of value of your own worth, then you end up trying to manipulate them to grow, which is actively counterproductive to their growth process. And that becomes its own challenge, right? So if you are not able to connect into the universe, so people who are codependent are often also in what I refer to as the energetic fetal position, 
which means that they've closed off their crown and their root chakras and they're in defensive mode, like curled up in the ball on the ground in their energy field. And if you do that, then you can't receive energy from the universe. You can't connect to your higher self or your guides. And therefore you can't get your messages. You can't, you know, it, not receiving energy from the universe is often also reflected in not receiving money. You won't be able to connect into that flow state to be able to find the right marketing language for your clients. Right. There's all these pieces and parts that go into it. If you have blocked masculine, you're going to have a hard time creating structure and allowing yourself to have a, a solid foundation on which to build your business. You're going to be floating from one thing to the next. You're, if you have a hard time understanding your value or committing, commitment is another big one. If you have a fear of commitment, then you won't commit to a business plan long enough for it to actually bear fruit. So you end up doing what I refer to as the everlasting panic pivot. It's like, oh, I'm going to try this for two weeks. Oh, that didn't work. Do something else. right? And so to the point where the universe is just like, when you decide on something, let me know, and then I'll send you some business. But right now you're, you're like all over the place and I don't even know what to send you. Right. And that becomes really problematic. And, you know, it's, it's from everything from this to, you know, being afraid of your own power, being afraid of being seen. Right. So many of us were killed in past lives for our gifts that, that being seen feels very threatening. And so, you know, you can't market if you can't be seen. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, another one, a big block for me is boundaries. Oh, that's a big one for a lot of my people. <laughs> it's like, you know, I can't say no. Like, oh, I have to respond to that text at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday. It's like, no, no, you mm -hmm. don't. You yeah. Know, you just set proper yeah. expectations and tell people I don't respond to texts either at all or after X period of time on these days, you know? But yeah, there's, there's so many pieces and parts to this. I mean, I've got like a massive long list and you can see them on my website. If you go to the business energetics page, there's also energetics associated with business too. So let's say you have a retail store. I had a retail store back in the day and we put up protections. We, we warded the store. We did protections on the store. Retail store with lots of teenage traffic in not a great section of town, we lost $12 in stock in the entire 18 months. And wow. we're pretty sure we gave it away because we would occasionally give a little thing here or there to somebody and we would write it down, but sometimes we'd forget, right? $12 in loss. And as I was charging that store with the energetics, this random lady walked in and was like walking through the store and she's like, Oh, what are you going to do here? And I told her, and she went, she just walked through the whole store saying over and over again, I'll never come in here. I'll never come in here. I'll never come in here. And I, she was so weird. I was not going to disabuse her of that notion. I just let her continue to program herself. And then she left and I was like, okay, good. And later I had talked to somebody who knew everybody as she was walking down the street. And I said, who is that lady? He said, Oh, don't let her in your store. She's a local kleptomaniac. She'll steal everything. And I'm like, yeah, she'll never come in here. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So proper energetics can do a lot for your business. And I remember the first time I introduced my business to the gods of technology and asked for a blessing, they borged my baby. They turned it into a cyborg, <laughs> which I was like, <laughs> I was trying not to be like horrified. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but they turned it into a cyborg and immediately I started getting people calling me up saying, 
oh my God, I closed my browser and it spontaneously reopened on your website. And I've never been to your website before. And I took it as a sign. So I called, or, you know, I typed in another website and it popped up on yours instead. So I took it as a sign and I called, I mean, that happened. Yeah. That happens here to me too. Yeah. I'm like, how, wait, how did you find me? You, you don't listen to my podcast. You've never heard of me, but yet you found me. <laughs> yeah. You're using Amazing. that law of attraction, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I must say, Kelly, I have referred back to you so many times since we've had you on. I wow. mean, with so many things. And what's so interesting is that our, our episode with you must've been so broad that we I must have talked was. about so many different things that you kept falling into, you know, I think Kelly Sparta said something about that. I think, you know, Kelly had said, mentioned, <laughs> you know, I was like always saying that you're very wise and you have a lot of experience. You are very broad. You talk to so many people, just like you said, yeah. you're, you're going to do something with Colin Holland. You know, you can work with anybody. It's amazing. Yeah. What I talk about is pretty universal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ultimately what it comes down to is it's the search for feeling unconditionally loved and for fulfilling your purpose on the planet. And those are universal themes, right? That's really what everybody's looking for is I, I just want to feel loved and I want to feel like I'm being of service. You know, that's at the core of everybody, right? And it's so universal that it really does bleed into everything. Because none of these things are standalones. Like, you know, we hadn't talked about the business side before, but it's equally impacted by the personal work, right? And your energetic work is equally impacted by the personal work and vice versa, right? These things are all impacting each other. And the money piece is something that the spiritual world doesn't talk about the money piece except to say, oh, let's do abundance and prosperity, you know, and, and it's this very sort of woo-woo, very grounded sort of energy. It's like, we're going to meditate, we're going to bathe ourselves in money, we're going to, I, I, I did all that crap, all of it, okay, and none of it worked for me. <laughs> it wasn't until I married the spiritual with the personal growth, with the real world practical and got real with myself about what am I doing with my money? How am I dealing with it? Am I being in integrity around my money? Am I taking care of my money? Am I taking care of myself by taking my future self by taking care of my present self today, right? How am I doing that around my money? It wasn't until I did all of those things that my money came together. And I will tell you, I can be far more spiritual when I am not worrying about paying my bills than I ever could when I was struggling to make ends meet. We have this sort of energy of poverty that's built into things too, which is one of the reasons why I desperately wanted to talk about the business side of things, because when your business is not going the way you want, then, you know, you have a hard time staying in your best self. Yeah. I wanted to share because it's a total synchronicity that we got an email and it was just a quote and I screenshotted it because it captured me. And it just so happened to be late last night when I was looking into your stuff. It was sent into our email by the Edgar Casey's ARE and it mm-hmm. says, is my desire to accumulate wealth in order to provide service for humanity an admirable one? And then the answer was an admirable one 
but do not put the cart before the horse. If a person cannot provide service through their income, they will barely keep their body and soul together. I'm curious on your thoughts on that. I absolutely agree. One of the biggest challenges with the people that I work with who are people who have been trained their whole lives to put everybody else first, right? The biggest challenge with that is that if you don't take care of yourself, you have nothing to share with anyone else. And so when you're in this position where you're constantly in a state of, oh, well, I have to do this for somebody else. I have to do this so I can be of service. I have to do this because of this. You're really, what you're doing is you're, you're telling your subconscious mind, your inner child, your core being that you don't count. And not paying your bills on time and not making enough money to not have to worry about it, right? Is another way of telling yourself that you don't count. And so, you know, and, and let me be clear, I've been in, in jobs where you barely make ends meet. I'm, I'm not blaming you for the state of the economy because the economy bites and the system is set against us. I'm gonna say that right out loud. And I wanna, I wanna say that that's true. And And if you set your mind to it, there are ways to get above water and to keep getting above water as you keep going. And does it require some discipline? Yes, it does. Does it require some extra work? Yes, it does. Do we have the extra energy for that right now? Maybe not, because we're all processing the trauma of the last year and a half. So I just want to be clear that it doesn't have to be right now. And If you have the energy, start now, because the sooner you start, the easier it is, because the younger you are, the easier it is. I got to tell you, at 51 years old, I do not have the energy I had 20 years ago. And so you have the extra energy right now when you're younger, please take it, please get the second job, you know, work on whatever skills you need to get yourself up to that next level, start your own business on the side so that you can get out from under the rat race where somebody else tells you what you can earn, you know, all of that. But the fact of the matter is nobody's going to hand you a solution. You have to go find it. And if there's one thing that we all are on this merry-go-round of codependency that we all come out of is resourceful right? And so use that resourcefulness for yourself instead of for 50 other people, right? If you just stop doing for everybody else for five minutes, you might find that you could find your own way out instead of giving away all that you have to everybody else. I wanted to ask you, Kelly, how important is the alignment and balance of your spiritual self and really learning how to manage your ego Um, because you need to work with your ego. It's not something that in this case, when you're talking business, you need to make peace with that ego so you can work together. People talk about killing off the ego. I'm in the process of killing off my old identity as we speak. I think it's easier to refer to it as an identity, okay? Because the identity piece is the piece that dies and is reborn and something new and then eventually dies again and so on. If you're still doing your work, right? You'll go through many identities if you, if you do your work on a consistent level. And it's, I think it's easier to think of it that way because ego is such a weird term. 
right? It's like, what, what does that mean? I'm not sure what that means, but I know what my identity is, right? And, you know, I define myself by these things. Okay, great. So, you know, I think that when you're looking at that, the identity gets up leveled, right? As you see the world differently. And, and think about it this way. If you're climbing a mountain and you start in this valley, all you can see is the next peak. Well, that next peak may hide 15 mountains behind it, right? And so right now you can only see that I'm going to get to here in this one peak and that's going to be the be all end all. Well, when you get to the be all end all, you go, oh, wait, there's so much more. Maybe I want this instead. And it doesn't make it a mistake that you went up that mountain. It just means that you've got a broader perspective and now you're choosing something new. And there's a way in which we kind of feel like we have to be right. We have to choose right. It's like, no, you just got to choose something, commit to it long enough to get to the top of the mountain and see if you like it there. If you don't like it there, pick something else. It, it wasn't a failure. It gave you more information. And instead of treating life like an adventure that we get to try on different things, uh, we're treating it as an all or nothing win or lose scenario. And that's, that's our trauma brain. Yay. But, you know, if, if we are kinder to ourselves, we can recognize that it's just a great big ex excitement. I, I have to tell you, though, before we get totally off the subject of money, there is this, it's like this smog of poverty in the spiritual community. And I say it's smog because it literally does like cloud your vision and weigh you down and makes it harder to breathe and everything, right? And when you get above it, when you, when you can get to the point where you see down to the smog line, there's very little desire to go back down into it. Right. So a friend of mine recently invited me. She's like, I, I you know, we were trying to get together and she's like, I don't have four days at a time. Uh, four days together until November. Thank you for helping me realize my work-life balance is out of balance. <laughs> but until then, I don't have this. Would you like to come to this event that I'm speaking at? And we could do that for a couple of days and then I can stay a couple of days after that. And that would be a way to see each other. And I looked at the event and I was like, there are 10 presenters. They're selling the tickets for 500 bucks and nobody's making any money because there's just not enough room for anybody to make money at that point. And I'm like, even hanging out with the presenters, I didn't want to go back down into that energy, right? <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to go there. I don't, you know, and I, and there's a place where, and I'm saying this because we're talking to the business owners right now. I want to, I want to change your mindset about this because for many years, I was like, oh, they can't afford me. They can't afford me. I have to make my prices cheaper, blah, blah, blah. I got to tell you, there are people who can afford you. And I'm at the point in my life now where I won't even consider going to an event unless it's over $2,500. And that's because I want the mindset of the people who are thinking the way that I'm thinking. You know, they say that your income is the average of the 10 people you spend the most time with. And that has, I have found that to be true. I have conscientiously upgraded the, the income levels of the people that I have spent time with. And my income has increased in correspondence with that on a regular basis. And so there's just a different way of thinking. There's a different energetic, there's a different vibration in which they're operating. And you know, don't look around at the other people in the smog with you and take their truths as all truths, 
because they are living in the smog with you. There are people outside of the smog who can pull you up out of that smog if you just market to the right people. And then mm. once you're out of it, you'll be like, oh, I get it. Right. Oh, well, I and I also, I also think that a lot of people have these um, limited beliefs on what's right and what's wrong and what avenues you can, it's okay to ask money for and what avenues aren't. And they get stuck in what everyone else is doing instead of going outside of their own box because yeah. they're comfortable with it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I've had so many arguments with people over the years about, oh, it's not right to charge for spiritual services. And I'm like, I have spent my entire life developing my skills as a psychic, as an empath, as a shaman, as a healer. Why do I not get to charge for that? <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. Any other skill on the planet, if you develop it, if you spend the time with it, if you become good at it, if you master it, you get paid really well for it. Why would that not apply in this scenario? And, and they're like, oh, well, you know, spiritual teachers don't, don't get paid. It's like, well, that's not true. You know, the, the shaman in the tribe is, is fed and, and housed by the tribal members. You know, they don't do anything other than be the spiritual person for the tribe. You know, the, the, the priest in the Catholic church gets paid. They get housing, you know, it's amazing, right? So why, why do we have this, this thing that says it's just another way for us to martyr ourselves on the altar of other people's happiness, right? It's just another excuse. Kelly, I remember from the last episode, we talked about how Reiki was a is many times a platform for people. I think you knew that I was on the cusp of really understanding that because I had been led to taking many other things. And in many ways, I felt I'd put myself back in a box. Yeah. And I, and I was worried about teaching outside of that with my students, but during my actual sessions and healing sessions, I wasn't just using Reiki. Right. And so if I was going to be a good teacher and teach what I, you know, authentically believe in and that I, that works for me and that's what they're coming to me for. They're not coming to me just to teach them out of a textbook. And so I, I really started to step out of that box. And so when I teach, and I mean, it was just so funny, just like this past weekend, someone's like, hey, Shanna, I know you didn't, you didn't really, it's not in any of the curriculum that you gave me, but I know you had that shaker. And I love that shaker. I'm like, girl, go get a shaker. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a Reiki shaker. There's no shaker in Reiki, but yes, it works. Yeah. Being willing to step out of any box and continue to learn and what works for you. I feel like I've been led in so many different directions. There's no name for what I do anymore. Right. Amazing. I don't even yeah. know what I am. <laughs> I don't know. There's no title or name. Welcome it's, to the club. Yeah, I just had so this conversation with somebody it. else too. I just had a really good interview with another practitioner. Who's, she wrote um, Wild Business and, and she's fantastic. And she and I were both sitting here going, yeah, you know, coming up with the name was very tough. You know, how do you refer to she's she was being called the witch doctor. And I was like, well, I'll tell you the truth. I chose spirit doctor because it was the closest thing to witch doctor that wouldn't be scary. Right. <laughs> and, and it was like, you know, because it, I'm not witch doctor isn't really my tradition either. And so that didn't feel right. But shaman was being sort of scooped over into the ayahuasca community, which is not what I do. And and so for many years, shaman worked and because nobody knew what it was, 
and then it gave me an opportunity to explain it. I started to yeah. find myself creating stuff that was outside of the just the name Reiki because people wanted to experience but didn't necessarily want to call it Reiki. Right. So I started to develop things that still had many of the healing things of Reiki, but also had other things that I've been incorporating in, in right. my healing services. So it's so yeah. interesting, the development that spirit will take you when you begin to live authentically and outside of the box. Well, and when you stop requiring the rules, right? Because Reiki, I call Reiki a great training, you know, training wheels for energy users, because it gives you structure and it gives you some rules and it gives you a way to do things. But once you work with it for long enough, you start just trusting your intuition and then your intuition really gives you what you actually need. And most people just leave Reiki in the dust at that point. Some people don't, but that's because they really resonate with it. It's really their core energy. If it's your natural resonance, then you won't leave it behind because it's where you belong. But in for everybody else, it's sort of a stepping stone to, to step off and find what is their true way to connect in and to do their work, right? So yeah, it, I, a lot of it's about how fast it, you get to the, I'm going to throw the rules book out. I had guilt though. Yeah. that I was going outside the box. But see, that is like this conditioned thing within me from religion. Right. Yeah. So I felt like once I was dedicated to something, that that was, my, that was who I was, you right. know? And so I know that that's been a part of my, my growth that I've been able to witness and see that my soul just does not want to be boxed in by anything. Yeah. Nor should it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I did a healing last week for somebody who had had a chunk taken out of her entire energy field by something I had never seen before. And I was like, wow, I don't even know what the name of this thing is, but that's problematic. And it was poisonous and it was spreading poison through her aura. And it was just, it was bad. And I was, I, she didn't come to me for like a week and a half until after it happened. And it was already really entrenched. And, and I was like, oh, this is going to be ugly. And then I just went, I'll just go back in time and fix it from when it happened. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll do that. It'll be fine. And I, you know, do I know how to do that? I'm not going to worry about knowing how to do it. I'm just going to go do it. Right. That seems and like the logical thing to do. Couldn't even tell you what it was that I did. I just, I know what I did, and, but you know, the language for it, I don't, I don't have it. Right. And I had to adjust and zhuzh, I zhuzhed the timeline, right. <laughs> to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, you know, this is, it's what I do, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know I knew how to do any of this yeah. because I didn't have to do it before then. But when you know your intuition, when you can touch into your intuition, then your intuition just tells you what to do. I mean, I've jumped into multiple dimensions and done healing work across multiple dimensions. I've done, you know, I, there's so many things that I, nobody taught me how to do. Right. But, you know, I just tap and I go, oh, I need my, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm having a conversation with my guys. I'm talking with my higher self. My intuition's kicking in and my, my engineer brain goes, oh, okay. Take it all and go whoosh with it. Right. Wow. That's yeah. the first time for everything. Right. That's yeah. how you learn. You have to be yeah. creative. Yeah. And the more you can get out of your boxes, the more creative you can be. Mm hmm. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. My mind keeps going to like some of the most successful people in our world are not spiritual. They're very much into their identity and run some of the top corporations in the world and Absolutely. usually have narcissistic traits. 
So how is it that someone that is so um, into that um, is so successful? And I was sitting there thinking to myself, maybe it is because they are so confident in their identity and they're very confident in themselves and their product, or I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So there are two games that you can play in the world. You can play the inner game or you can play the outer game. And the outer game is power and dominance and control. And the inner game is self-awareness, compassion, and expansion, right? And when you play the outer game, you have to not have a lot of morals because dominance and power and control are black magic things. They are Mm -hmm. designed to affect others without their permission, which is the definition of black magic, right? I'm doing something energetically that, that impacts you without your permission. And even if they're doing it unconsciously energetically, they are also doing the conscious efforts that are going to manifest it from an energetic perspective, right? And so that is why you end up with the people who don't have a lot of morals and a lot of concerns about other people up at the top is because they're playing the domination and control game. And therefore they don't get limited in their power plays by concerns over other people. And taking right. it all. Look at how you know successful Hitler was. He had no problem with it. Right. You know, so, and he couldn't. If he did, he wouldn't have been as successful. Exactly. I see what you're saying. Yes. Now, what about I've I've seen people who run companies who play both sides. Yes. And it actually works to their benefit. They they can do a little bit of both. They can many, you know. Yes. And it's very interesting. And, and it is entirely a choice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want to be clear that I am not standing in judgment of either side. I'm saying it's a choice. And what you're doing is you're choosing who you want to be. Right. So there are times that I have played the control game in order to get what I needed. Notoriously, when my mother was to be a nurse in a federal penitentiary and they uh, rioted and she just barely missed being a hostage. And there was one line going into the prison and it was only for federal use, blah, blah, blah. But they gave me the line for emergencies, whatever. And having been raised on military bases my whole life, I understood the concept of who was going to be on the other end of the phone and how to get what I wanted from them. And at 18, I was like, I want to talk to my mommy. (laughs) And I didn't want to call up and say, I want to talk to my mommy because there was a good chance they were going to say no. So instead I went... Commander LeCompte, now. <laughs> That's great. Yes. And you they went, to put that on. And they went, oh, please. Oh, <laughs> because whoever's going to be that angry cool, at a though. commander is yeah. not going to be somebody that that person who is the low ranking person on the totem pole answering the phone yeah. is going to want to question. Right. Well, and also keep in mind that Anakin Skywalker thought he could play both sides. Right. He thought he could do it. But in the end. You went to the dark side. Well, and this is the this is the thing. I I think that in small places like what I did just there, you can get away with it without impacting who you are, right? But the key is if you don't do the inner work to find your own inner power and your own inner value, then what you seek is you seek power outside of yourself. You seek control outside of yourself. You seek to dominate and control because that gives you the illusion that you will be safe. And that's all it's about is being safe, right? And 
if you don't address the inner issues, you will eventually be pulled into very dark places because you don't have them addressed because you're trying to protect yourself because each time you can justify the thing you did one step further. And Anakin is the classic example of that, right? So can you do both? Yes. Is it a slippery slope? Absolutely. Is it one that you could do if you were really, really, really careful and conscious about who you're choosing to be in every single moment? Yes. And is it dangerous? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like hiking Mount Everest dangerous. Okay. <laughs> it is that level of dangerous because you never know when the storm's going to come through or the avalanche is going to hit you. Yeah. And you hear about these high level people having, you know, miserable lives or killing themselves or like, yeah. kids hitting them or them in addiction and all these things. And, you but, know, that's them trying to escape. And it's also true of people who have no money too. So oh, you yeah. know, this is, this is yeah. another part of the smog is this mm. belief that rich people are miserable. It's like, I got to tell you my experience, you know, people are people. And money just makes it easier or harder to be them. You know, yeah. it, it isn't a delineator of if you have money, you're miserable. It is not the case. You are as happy or as miserable as you have done your work to be. You know, we all have days. Right. I mean, we're human, right? Yeah. So what kind of tools do you offer people as far as making sure that their energy is in that space it needs to do in order to be aligned and successful with their business? Well, so the business energy scan is one of them that tells you it's a diagnostic, basically, you know, I go into your energy field, I tell you what all the, the blocks are that I see in your energy field and what, how they're likely playing out in your life and your business, right? And then I do some energetic tests to say, okay, if we move this, what happens if we move that, what happens, you know, and, and we identify what is a function of something else. Sometimes a block isn't a block unto itself. It's, a, it's actually a symptom of another block. So there's no point in working on this block because it's a symptom of this other one. And when you clear that, this one will go away. Right. And so then we work out a roadmap for what's the best approach for that. And then from there, we start working on that. And that looks different for every person because you know, everybody's issues are different. And then I also do sound healing work and guided meditations with people. And I do energy healing work and I work with people on their energetics and how they're managing it. Right. So, right. you know, we talked about the boundaries for empaths program, the free download on my website last time. I'm sure I must have, I talk about it almost all the time, but if I didn't, it's there. It's, it's, it's a free download off my website. It tells you how to adjust how you're holding your energy so that you don't get overrun by other people's emotions and other people's crap, you know, and yeah. so that you feel more solid as a person. And so right. if you have boundary issues, this is a really great one for that. It also helps with feeling safe. So okay. we start with that. We do energy clearing. We do warding. We talk about the energetics of the business, like, you know, protecting your home, protecting your business. Um, you know, there's lots and lots of things energetically that you probably aren't even thinking about. Yeah. Do you dive into maybe their past? Because I, I look back about like how I was raised and my mom always believed you can't die with your money. So it, it's not going to go in your coffin with you and you give it away and you have fun in life. And you know, she wasn't one to save. She was give, give, give and, you know, just enjoy life. 
so that has impacted me and how I spend money and how I view money. So do you dive into that kind of stuff too? Yeah. If it's negatively impacting you, then we will look at it. But for instance, for me, I have something similar where it's, I can't have the money unless I know what I'm going to do with it. Then I feel overwhelmed, you know, oh, well, what would I do with that? And so uh, I just make plans for what I'm going to do with the money and then I can manifest as much as I want. So, you know, sometimes it's about managing yourself. My mother was on a once a month paycheck and every month at the end of the month, she would, for the last week of the month, she would be crying poverty and the refrigerator would be empty. And I started associating an empty refrigerator with being poor. And so every time my refrigerator got poor, I'd freak out about money, whether I had tons of it or whether I had none, it didn't matter. I would freak out about money. I, I would still happen today. And I just never bothered to fix it. I just keep my fridge full. You know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you don't have to fix it. You know, you can just compensate. I That's love how piece. to plan yeah. in advance what to do with your money. Like if I had this amount of money or when I get this amount of money, this is what I'm going to do with it. Rather than it just go all into your bank account. You have right. no plan with it. And then you just start getting Amazon packages on a daily basis. And then yes. all of a sudden where my money go. And, right. and what did I buy with it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No plan. Mint. mint will wake you up for that, man. Using the mint, mint? app. Yeah. Oh, the mint app really? will wake you up to exactly where you've spent your money. And you'll be like, what do you mean? I spent 50 bucks on this. fast food this month. <gasps> That's awful. Right. <laughs> or whatever. So right. Track of your bank account or all your spending. Absolutely. Even your, cause you know what I saw recently, like how many um, different things I'm paying out to like Netflix, Amazon oh, Prime, yeah, your subscription uh, yeah. channel, all those things. Yep. I'm some, I'm paying double. Yeah. Oh, I was so super pissed. So, so get, out. get in on trim on that. Trim oh, will look actually, at you. you got all the apps. Uh, right? I told you I got Mint serious Trim. about it. Right. So Mint <laughs> will help you track your budget and create a budget and trim will actually go in and negotiate your rates with all your providers to, to try what? and get them down. And they take their fee is a third, I think of what they save you or half of what they save you. Um, and they just automatically oh. do it. Right. That's a deal. Trim. Trim. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting you know, it was interesting too, because, um, you never, my, my parents always hid if they were struggling with money, you never yeah. knew if they were not. I mean, my dad was the truck driver and my mom was a teacher's aide, but we, no one would ever know that. Right. And my mom was wow. great at budgeting, but if they were ever struggling, you would never know as a child. They, my mom somehow always made, you know, ends meet. Christmas was amazing. So it was almost like I was brought up thinking, you know, you can get by, you don't have to worry about it. It will always work out. So there's pros and cons definitely to all of it. The impact has definitely, you know, influenced my thought of money. Yeah. Well, and, and going back to your comment earlier, Shanna, about the uh, giving, giving, giving piece, right? My father, the only way he ever showed me love was through giving me money. And so mm -hmm. I realized that the only time he gave me money other than birthdays and Christmas was when I was desperate for cash. And, you know, I only asked him like four times in my whole life. Right. Aww. But um, because I just didn't, we had, we didn't have a great relationship and I didn't want to be beholden. And unless I was desperate, I wasn't asking. And I realized that the, that I was keeping myself poor so that he would have a way to love me. 
Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. You want to talk about a deep, deep understanding, right? You know how like grandparents hold out the $20 bill and then pull it back real quick if you can't get it? He did. My dad did that to me until his dying day. (laughs) (laughs) I would always get it. (laughs) I got quick that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's true. And you know, that generation didn't do a lot of expressing right. of love. And, you know, that was an easy way to show someone that, you know, they loved them. But but that's good that you realize that. I mean, such an awakening. Yeah, it was a huge moment of awareness for me. I was like, oh, well, that's ridiculous. Let me go. Let me, let me move on. Let me find a <laughs> way to feel his love in other ways. Yeah. You see a really big shift happening right now. And I feel like there's a lot of these older generations that judge these younger generations because they have such a different idea of money and what's important in life. Yeah. And it is, it's pure judgment and people being stuck in their old ways and thinking their way is what's right. I personally see these younger generations as not valuing money as much as the older generations, um, and they're looked at as being lazy and they're looked at as being, um, entitled. What, what are your thoughts and, and how do you deal with someone from one generation to the other when it comes to using your work on business, their businesses? Well, so I, I can tell you that I have had both experiences. Okay. Yay. Gen X, right. Uh, I, um, I'm, I'm like right in that middle generation that nobody pays attention to, but I have lived the lifestyle of not valuing money and, you know, getting by and having great experiences in spite of having no cash and manifesting, you know, my way through that. And I have lived the life of having money. And I can tell you me personally, that, my experience was that I chose not to value money because I didn't have any. And I found a way to love my life in spite of it. And I think honestly, that's a lot of what's happening with the younger generations right now, because with all the student debt, with the the jobs that are just not enough to make ends meet, and with this gig economy with no benefits and things like that, they're really behind the eight ball on it. And so when you look at it and say the the game is rigged against me, I'm going to go on another path and I'm going to find my happiness in spite of it. You know, that is completely reasonable from what's happening in their worlds. And the older generation doesn't get it because when they were coming up through life, one person could work a full-time job and make a living for an entire family. They say that right now a living wage is $27 an hour and minimum wage is being fought to be brought up to 11. It's completely different perspectives on life. You know, if I work with entrepreneurs who are in those younger years, which I I don't actually, there aren't a lot of them who come to work with me. Most of my people that I work with are, you know, late thirties to mid fifties or even early sixties. And that's generally because you know, in those younger years, you're not starting a business, you're starting a family, right? Your minds are are on different things. At most, I tend to get people when they hit like 28, but they're for seven return, right? I'll get them then. 
And they go, ah, enough. I don't like the American dream that I built. It sucks. And I want something else. And I'm like, yes, I can help you with that. Because I had that exact same experience at 28. You know, then I can really help them to shift. But ultimately, what I'm doing is I'm helping people shift their identity to become the person they need to be in order Mm -hmm. to have the business they want to have. Because you have to up level. You know, I shifted from entrepreneur to business owner over the last three years. And Mm -hmm. it required a complete change in the way that I looked at my business, the way that I acted in my business, the way that I treated the the money that came in and how I structured everything in the business and started seeing it from a different perspective. And it was necessary, right? So I'm I'm up-leveling people's identity pieces, right? Do you feel like just like you should work on yourself before you get into a relationship, you need to work on yourself before you move into, I'm going to help others or, or create a business. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, in my sacred power and purpose mystery school, I actually will not train anybody on anything having to do with magic or working with other people for healing or anything else until they've done three years worth of work on themselves, which by the way, is a shortening of what took me 25 years to do. So it's, it's actually really accelerated, but you know, until you've mastered your own stuff, you have no business working with other people, you know? And when I say master, I mean, all your baggage is neatly labeled in carry on size. Nobody's bag baggage is ever gone, right? You know, you're, you're going to spend your whole life working through your baggage. That's just the nature of the beast. But you know, it should be neatly labeled and carry on size and you should know what everything is and where it is and, you know, generally be able to manage it without exploding on somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause otherwise you're not safe to work with other people. And, you know, in business, do people do that? No. Should they probably, <laughs> you know, it, uh, yeah. you know, I've seen a lot of people do some really messed up things in business. So how do you work with someone like Shannon and I, if Shannon and I came to you, because now you're talking two dynamics, two people that had two different ideas of what money is and how to ask for it and how not to ask for it. Two people that were brought up completely different, two people fighting different demons. Um, You know, her and I don't argue about this kind of stuff, but like I'll throw out an idea like, hey, let's start asking guests that want to come on for a donation because we're booked a year out. And so, you know, and we're, we're helping them, uh, our listeners go to their workshops versus ours. And, and that's uncomfortable to her. And then I respect that. And then we try to come up with another reason. It's just those two different ideas. So how would you work with someone like us? Yeah. So essentially I would work with you guys the same way I work with couples. Because, you, you know, any business partnership is a marriage and that's just the nature of the beast, right? So there's, there's going to be give and take. There's going to be different, different perspectives and different personalities. And what it comes down to is giving everybody a chance to talk and have their thoughts heard and then finding a path that works for both. So, for instance, I would say for you guys, I would say sell some advertising, right? Because then the person is getting an ad. They're not, you're not charging them to be on the show that, you know, everybody understands that it's a paid thing. So you're not out of integrity, which I think Shanna is part of your issue with, with paying, you know, having people pay to be on the show is feeling like it's out of integrity with who you would choose. And then the, you know, the decision-making comes from that. I'm, I'm assuming I would obviously ask you these questions if we were to sit down and talk about it, but that sort of, of thing could be a middle point, right? 
you know, setting up a Patreon account or, you know, doing affiliate agreement stuff or, you know, whatever, right? There's lots of different ways to, to monetize what you're doing. And it's simply a matter of being able to make that work. Now, if you have one person who has a lot of money and somebody else who doesn't have a lot of money and the money is important for one and not important for the other, that becomes a bigger issue. And then you have to reconcile that so that you can get each person to see the other person's perspective and be able to, to value the, the time spent and so on and so forth, right? So that's kind of where that goes to. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I was just kind of using us as an example and like thought of one thing, but I was it's good to know for our listeners that you can work with like groups or partners or- Absolutely. Okay, because yeah, I mean, I was just sitting there thinking like, it's really actually shocking that, you know, you, these round table conferences, you get so many different personalities, people with different beliefs, people that were brought up differently with an idea of money. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, that's a lot. So to manage that, um, at a spiritual level and an energetic level has got to be very challenging, but also incredibly rewarding for these big corporations or these small businesses. Yeah. I I actually do the business side of the program with my, my friend, Kathy, who's also a transformational shaman, but she's also a Barrett's values assessment facilitator. She's a constellation facilitator. So she does both family and structural constellations. And she was the controller for the North American region for a fortune 500 company. And she's a CPA. So, you know, she's got all of the big side of the business down. And so I've got the entrepreneurship side and the, you know, working with small businesses for 25 years. And she's got the big business side and all of the financial stuff because she also used to go in and do audits on, on corporations and things like that for, for uh, various and sundry reasons around the world. And so, you know, we bring all of that together to work with people because, you know, if your values are out of alignment with your partners, that's a problem, right? If you are out of alignment with the new marketing plan that's been presented by your team, that's a problem. You know, there's, there's so many different pieces and parts to your business that, that, if one piece is not integrated properly, things grind to a halt. And so, you know, there's a, a way in which you really have to go through an entire internal energetic audit for values matches, for energetic intention setting, for customer experience design that you know, maybe out of alignment with or out of integrity with the sales process, right? I've tried to hire a group of people who do assistance for you and their sales process and their marketing was awesome. Their fulfillment side was totally out of alignment. And the moment I got the contract, it didn't say what the sales process said. And I was like, ah, so the front end and the back end are not aligned here. I don't want anything to do with this business because I'm going to have a bad experience because this is what I'm expecting and this is what I'm getting, right? And so that's going to be an issue. And people who are aware of these things will find themselves finding reasons to not go forward. And, you know, so if you have a, a repetitive cancellation rate, there's a reason for it right? If you have people not showing up for calls on a regular basis, there's a reason for it. There's something you're not addressing, right? So Mm -hmm. these are all pieces and parts that we don't think about. We think, oh, well, there's something wrong in the sales cycle. It's like, well, maybe, 
Maybe it's, it's that you're out of alignment. Maybe it's that you're not, you, you're exhausted and you don't want to take on any more business. And so you go, oh, I don't want to do the sales call and people cancel or don't show, which happens to me all the time if I'm in that state. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to talk to anybody. They don't show up. I'm like, yay, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, that's not really good for business, right? <laughs> it's like, maybe I should just take some time off and stop blowing my sales calls, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that is the story of my life, right? Like many things. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. unfortunate. Why, for the last two months, I've been taking a huge amount of downtime because yeah. I was finding myself doing that a lot in yeah. early yeah. summer. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's not good. You know, I've gotten to the point again where I'm like, oh, I'm happy to talk to people now. So I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) I will keep taking a lot of time off so that that continues. So, but yeah, this is the thing. I love it. I think COVID really knocked some authenticity and vulnerability into all businesses. And so that shift happening, then you also see that a lot of colleges and people are moving towards this degree where, um, like my sister-in-law did, where they are psychologists that move into these corporations and study people's personalities and help Mm -hmm. them all integrate together. So this is like almost taking it up a whole nother notch. It's looking at it from an energetic level. And so, you know, immediately thought about like even athletes could benefit from this, that do this as a living. Um, Absolutely. Athletes and music stars and celebrities who start out and just like walk it to the top, they have the biggest issues with identity, you know, because the outside world is going, oh, you're amazing. You're this, you're that, you're the other thing. And if that doesn't fit their inner world, they will sabotage to prove to the outside world that they are who they believe themselves to be. And so the key is to get the inner up-leveling to happen before they sabotage. And so that's the work that we do with those people. And that's actually what Colm and I are going to be starting to, to do together is working specifically with those groups of people to do that work. So nicely intuited. <laughs> A lot of times the key is, are you aligned and you know, is your integrity there and everything aligned with what you're teaching, what you represent, what you're trying to sell, what you're fulfilling. And it's just like in anything in your body, if you are out of balance and you are not aligned, there will be issues. Absolutely. And I will tell you that I looked back recently on some marketing that I wrote for a program that Kathy and I ran back in 2013. And it was an amazing program. I mean, people came out of it and we, we did our first run of it. And we asked, you know, the people who came through, how much was this program worth? And they were like, oh, well, I would have paid $4,000 for this. And we were lucky to be, we were charging 250 bucks a person. And we were having a hard time getting people to pay for it. And I looked at the marketing recently and I went, well, no wonder it was all poverty language and it was all poverty consciousness and it was all stuck in this, this no money mindset. And I'm like, what was I thinking? And Kathy didn't catch it because we were both in the, the smog at the time, right? We didn't catch it. So we couldn't see it because we were too close to it, right? And we were just like, why, why, why can't we get this to sell? It's so amazing. We know it's amazing. Why isn't it selling? Well, because, you know, if you look at the language, it was so low energy, <laughs> And it's just, it's, that's exactly what we work with. Shannon and I talk a lot about language. You know, it's very interesting to me. 
how much power vocabulary holds over us as humans. And you just said that beautifully, like this low vibrational marketing, this low vibrational words that you chose. Yeah. So you actually can help people with that and help them oh, recognize totally. high vibration and what's low vibration. Yep. The low vibration language comes from low vibration expectations and assumptions. And so when you assume that your people can't afford you, when you assume that you're working with people who are desperate for, for their businesses to work and they have no money, for one, if you're marketing to people who have no money, you're going to have no money. Let me just start with that. Okay. So, you know, if you want to give away things to help people who have no money, give it away, but don't make it your business because then your business becomes a charity, not a business. So no more than 10% of your time or your money should be spent doing things for people who have no money because that's wow. what that is. And I'm hearing red hot chili peppers, give it away, <laughs> give it away, give it away now. Yeah. But you know what? It's true. And when you've been on that mind frame in your regular life, of course, you're going to be that way in your business life. So really yeah. just changing that perception. Yeah. Yeah. Because your business has to make a profit or else it's not a business. It's, it's First of all, I have to jump in and just tell you, Shanna, you're freaking awesome. I can't believe you just sang red hot chili peppers. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. When I got to, got to give it to your mama. When I got to, got to give it to your papa. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh my God. It. See, Kelly, now do you know why I love her? That's hilarious. I do. I Oh my gosh, Kelly. I love this. I just want to keep going. Oh my gosh. So sometimes I have to like take a step back for our listeners, Mm -hmm. even though I already know the answers. Let's just say they hopped in and this was their first episode. They might be going, okay, wait, hold on. How does she check those energetic blocks? What the hell is she talking about? Can you just go back to basics real fast? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I'm doing is I'm actually using my empath skills to do this. So I'm actually tapping into the energetic field of the other person. I'm sending a tendril of energy out and and becoming the other person for a bit. And I'm literally dropping into their energy field. So I have to ask people to let their shields down in order for me to come in and, and take a look. And because I'm in at that level, and I'm specifically looking for this level of stuff, because there's lots of ways to do chakra energy scans. And you'll, you know, if you've got 50 of them, you'd get 50 different ways to do it. And people looking at different aspects, right? Because your chakras hold so much information. So I'm specifically looking for the blocks that I know limit business and limit life and, you know, personal power and happiness, right? Those are the things that I'm looking for. And from my 45 plus years in the personal growth, new age, energetic world of experience, these are the things that I know are those things, right? You know, without going too in depth, because I don't want people doing stuff that they don't understand and hurting themselves. (laughs) That's the general concept of what it is that I'm doing. And so, you know, I go in and I read the aura and then I read each of the chakras individually. And I look for the blocks that I know are the problems. And then I ask my guide on each of the areas, is there anything else I need to know? And then they'll tell me, and I'll share that information. And we'll talk about how that impacts business as well and so on. So the whole process takes about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, depending on the person. And then, you know, you ask questions. I just want to say right now that we have had many people approach us to want to talk about business, to sell their business for business. And many times 
my discernment is not aligned. But Kelly's Sparta, yes, this is exactly what people need to do because the rest of it's just based on ego stuff. A lot of times it's not based on your soul, your plan, connecting with spirit and all this stuff. You got it, girl. I believe, I believe in you. Thank you. Thank you. And now it's time for break that shit down. We call that a Kellyism at the end of my podcast. (laughs) Joey does that to me at the end of every podcast. And I go, right, I'm supposed to do a Kellyism. What is it? What is it? (laughs) I'm totally experienced in this. Give me a second. I'll give you something. (laughs) Your life is not as limited as you believe it to be. When you step into the fullness of the expression of your authentic self, when you free your spirit to allow it to soar, it will take you to places that you cannot currently even dream of. And so the invitation is to sit with yourself, to sit in the beingness of you, to get quiet, to get away from everything and everyone and just get to the stillness of the core of you and ask yourself, what is there for me to do today? What am I called to do? Where am I called to go? And it may not even make sense. It may just be something very simple, like go to the coffee shop down on the corner. It doesn't matter. Just follow wherever your heart takes you because that is the pathway to the next step of your evolution. Word. Very good, Kelly. Such I a pleasure. Such a wonderful teacher. You're a great leader. I respect you completely. Can you let everybody know where they can find you and what, where they can look into this coaching? Absolutely. KellySparta.com. It's K-E-L-L-E. Sparta, like Spartan, right? Without the N. And then the business piece is called Business Energetics. It's under the online programs on the website. And then you could also, if you want to get to know me better before you make your decision, you can always hop onto my podcast at spiritsherpapodcast.com. And Sherpa is S-H-E-R-P-A because, you know, I thought everybody knew what a Sherpa was and they don't. Um, So... (laughs) So, yeah, so spiritsherpapodcast.com or spiritsherpa on any podcast provider. Yeah. You guys check her out. She's wonderful. And thank you for sending us, you know, some wonderful guests as well. We've really enjoyed them. And, you know, I literally feel like we've been on the for five minutes. Like this is insane. But that's just how our conversations always flow with you. Yeah. Kelly, um, we adore, I think Shannon and I could definitely um, use some of this coaching for ourselves and for sense of soul, like ASAP total uh, divine timing. So thank you for dropping in and allowing us to have you on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on again. I adore you guys and so much fun to talk to you. You guys are the best mutual admiration society here. Hey, did you know that sense of soul now has a Patreon where you can get exclusive episodes, mini series that Mandy and I have been working on for a long time that we can't wait to share with you monthly readings, Sense of Soul sacred circles, workshops, behind the scene clips, and much more. Hop on Sense of Soul Patreon right now and sign up. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.